Hi, everybody. Today I'm speaking with Nelson. Nelson grew up seeing his Colombian mother belittle his father's entrepreneurial spirit and talking him out of business ventures. This really impacted Nelson's relationship with her. As an adult and as an entrepreneur himself, he still struggles to understand some of her choices and to feel fully understood and seen by her. Let's get into it. My name is Nelson. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, and now I live in South Florida. And in my family, we call our parents Papa or Mama. My mom was very, she had a difficult time adapting to part of what the U.S. is about. The U.S. is a country of basically people who work very hard and hustle. That, for her, was a challenge now that I look back on it. My mom looked down on sales jobs. Uh, Eres un vendedor, you know, very disparaging. And then the flip side of the coin is my dad. My dad had very little formal education or little compared to my mom. But my dad was almost built to be in the U.S. I mean, he was the guy who always had a side hustle, right? So that caused a lot of friction. And then for the rest of us, too, there was friction growing up. We went down to Florida for spring break. Miami, right? My godfather... He was a Cuban guy, and he took us in his convertible Cadillac, which to me, I was like in awe of that, a convertible. In New York, everybody's freezing that up there, and I'm like in the backseat of this convertible. I'm like, oh, man, I'm the coolest teenager in town. We're driving by South Beach, and at the time, South Beach was kind of a rough area. It was very, very rough. So my godfather tells my dad, you know, uh, you're good at saving money. You ought to buy one of these buildings. And whatever my godfather said, my dad would do. So we stopped the car. My dad leaps out. We do the secret handshake with the owner. You're from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. Da, 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 da. They agree on a price. We own a building. My mom just couldn't take it. Then she started to berate my dad about it. What do you, what do you know about that? You haven't even finished high school. And I know that kind of crushed them. When we get back to New York, we don't own the building anymore. That was it. I graduated from high school. I graduated from college. I moved to Florida. I drive back down there and I actually get to meet the next owner or a couple of owners later. But what we could have bought that building for basically almost for cash and would have been a loan in there thrown in. We couldn't even buy an apartment now in that building. I think my mother was opposed to it because of fear. That I think threatened her maybe. She is a fearful person that we would drop out of school and instead of finishing high school or finishing college, we would get a job at McDonald's because we wanted fast money. So there was this kind of love-hate relationship with money. And then I also believe there was a certain aspect of control too because the more I kind of control the purse strings, the more I control their dependence or independence from me. With my daughter, I'll definitely talk about that. She she said, Daddy, I want to I want to get some of these pop ups and pop ups. They're think of like the next generation of spinners, the little things people spin around. And she goes, Daddy, can we get them? They're at some store. And she, you know, she Google searched them at like 10 years old. I'm just amazed. And I said, sure, we'll go. And we find them. She, she goes, I'm thinking, Daddy, can you have one? And she goes, Daddy, no, I want to buy 10. And I'm like, well, why? How are you? What are you going to do with 10 of them? She goes, I'm going to sell them to my classmates. And. I got to admit, when she said that, I just melted. I'm like, we're buying all 10. And I got to admit, I was just in awe of her. And I was thinking, what 
has happened to me, I will not allow it to happen to her. I'll set the conditions in place so that she's comfortable doing all this. It's not this bad guilt trip that's put on her. I, I just love seeing her enthusiasm about it. You know? And I have to mix it in. She goes, I said, well, you need to fix your bed. Well, daddy, I might lose a sale. I'm like, if you, if you don't use that on daddy, okay? So there's that. And then my mom, we, we talk. Uh, we definitely talk about it. There is, I would say, some embarrassment probably associated with it because certain actions weren't taken uh, earlier. Like, hey, mom, you know, there's this thing called an IRA, you know, uh, you should be uh, putting money into that. I believe she feels a bit of guilt because she dug in her heels so much about it. And some of us had to do things in spite of them. Like the whole thing about South Beach, right? Uh, that's, <laughs> that is not to be brought up at the Thanksgiving table. I'm very careful how I frame questions. I stay away from why questions because a why question to the person saying the why question, it sounds like a normal curious to the person on the receiving end of a why question. That sounds like a full blown Guantanamo Bay interrogation. I'll say, you know, Hey mom, uh, how your thought process and, and how did that work or, or what was happening to make you think and act that way? Um, because I really want to understand and especially if you hold your parents in high regard and high respect to have to daily remind myself that I respect you. I value the upbringing. I value the education. But there are certain parts of that that do not serve me. And that's a, still a little bit of a tough pill for me to swallow because I feel like I'm disrespecting them. Hi, everybody. Juleika here. I want to tell you about a podcast I've been enjoying lately. It's called Kerning Cultures. It captures inspiring stories from the Middle East, North Africa, and spaces in between. So far, the show has followed a Lebanese cave diver into the deepest cave in the world and chronicled one man's mission to revive specialty coffee in Yemen amidst the current war. Kerning Cultures is big, hard storytelling at its finest. Fun fact, Kerning refers to the spaces between letters and characters. Spelled K-E-R-N-I-N-G. Listen to Kerning Cultures on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Juleika here. I want to tell you about Tested, a new podcast I've been enjoying. The makers of Tested believe that at the intersection of identity issues and the news of the day is an opportunity. A chance to better understand current events in the context of history and how the past influences our conversations now. Tested examines how the South responds to the day's challenges, as told by Confederate monuments falling, the lingering impact of coronavirus, and communities fighting to be heard. Subscribe to Tested from North Carolina Public Radio on your favorite audio app. What's up, everybody? I'm Steve R. Lewis, a licensed psychotherapist and host of How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. I'm excited to share big news. How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything is back. This time, I'll be joined by a very special person, someone whose name you know very well. Hi, everybody. I'm Juleka Lantigua, founder of LWC Studios. Welcome, Juleka. I'm so excited. And by the way, I'll be taking notes. So many notes. 
as always, on the show, we get to hear stories from black and brown folks who are out there doing great and amazing things. Then I do my thing of offering some feedback and strategies to help us navigate personal and professional challenges. Together, we'll figure out how to achieve on our own terms. Subscribe to or follow How to Talk to High Achievers about anything everywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow the show at Talk to Achievers. As a first gen entrepreneur, I really get Nelson's story from his side and his mom's side. Like Nelson, I've often struggled to decide how much and what to share with family about the ups and downs of running a company because I don't want them to worry about me and because I really couldn't handle their disapproval at sensitive times. So how do we talk about our ambitions and motivations with loved ones when our definitions of success might look very different? To help us figure it out, I called in an expert. I am Stevon Lewis. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist uh, based out of Southern California, Inglewood to be exact. So Stevon, you heard Nelson's story. What did you hear as you listened? Oh, I heard a few different things. Um, I heard of where he still wants to please his mama. Uh, he wants her to be proud of him. And I think <laughs> that's a tough way to live life if we're waiting for other people to validate, you know, whether we're good or not. I also heard some stuff from his mom that uh, sounded like projection, I guess is the clinical term for it, of where she's putting off her own fears and concerns onto him. And so what does one do when <laughs> one is a first generation son Who's dealing with these issues? Oof, oof, oof. Well, first, I would say it, it's normal for people to want to have the approval of their parents. They're the first people we come into contact with. We want to make them proud. I also think that for him, it would be helpful to look at his own kind of existence or accomplishments uh, objectively, not really focusing on whether his mother is approving but for him to really take stock in his own kind of behavior and how he's operating and saying, am I being successful? And if I am being successful, am I doing it in a way that's not harming or hurting other people, which is a more objective way to look at things for him to be able to connect with what he's doing as good and not feel bad about it. One of the things that was super clear to me in hearing Nelson talk about his mom is how important social status and social appearance was to her and how much she looked down on sales jobs. And that to me was atypical of what the immigrant myth is about our parents, right? The immigrant myth about our parents is that they sacrificed everything, that they worked multiple jobs, that they went without shoes. That they, and here is a mom who is saying, oh, no, you're too good for that. Right. And so talk to me a little bit about the gap between the reality and the perception that his mom tried to pass on to him and how first gens like Nelson can try to close that gap. I think you hit hit something, you know, hit it, hit it kind of right on the head with how our understanding of, like you said, the immigrant experience is that we hustle hard. Right. Like that. My, my best friend father is from Nigeria. We growing up heard all the stories of, you know, I came over here with like 70 bucks and, 
you know, he he did well, like own multiple properties and, you know, engineer, all sorts of stuff. And we get the stories of the hardships. Also, there is this thing of where our lives aren't supposed to be like that. And so if we're hustling, then we did it wrong, right? That like he did all the hustle in his generation, so we didn't have to. And I think that that's where the judgment comes. It's like, well, I did that so that you could be doctor or engineer. Like those are the only acceptable professions you can go into. If you aren't doing that, then, you know, what the hell are you doing with your life? And that's, (laughs) it's a tough thing because you're saying, well, what worked for you was having this hustle mentality. That's what made you successful. Now you're saying I need to abandon all of that. And that's hard for a kid to understand because the story or the message they're getting is that you've got to work hard. You've got to hustle. That's to be successful because that's what my mom or dad did. But they're also telling me, don't do that. Parents don't want you to have a struggle life. I think that if you're being successful, and that's where I said you've got to evaluate whether what you're doing is working for you, then in in a more objective way. So are you getting the results you're wanting by doing things the way you want to do them? Like start there as a baseline. So we're kind of objectively evaluating what it is we're doing and what we're putting out into the world. Are we doing it in a way that is helping us reach our goals? If not, then maybe, you know, we take into account more of what, you know, our parents are telling us uh, or try a different way. But other than that, I mean, you're as individuals and human beings, especially, you know, adult children, uh, we're going to have to live with the consequences of our decisions. And if you're happy with how your life is, you know, at the end of the day, you, you're the one who's going to have to live with it and be you. Yeah, I'm going to push back on that one back. Okay. Because in a typical, big quotation marks, Latino mm-hmm. household, you see your family all the time. They're in your face, in your business. You can't really be like, I'm good. This is what I decided for myself. I'm a grown person. It is what it is. Yeah, we don't roll like that. We're going to be questioning your every decision. How can we, after we've done all this wonderful growth and self-assessment and position yeah. ourselves for ourselves where we want to be, how right. can we communicate that in ways that, one, don't fly in the face of what our parents have wanted for us, right? And mm-hmm. two, don't make them feel like we are doubting the work that they've put in already on our behalf. So the way I like to do it is what I call clarifying questions. Um, and so Say more. Part, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the way I like to do it is get people to acknowledge kind of truths and ask it in a way that is hard to refute. So it, as an example, uh, with what you just said, always around family who's you said it in, in a really nice way. I'm going to say who's judging. They're judging you. They're judging you to see if you're doing things appropriately. I would say ask the question if you're being successful, ask them like, hey, are you wanting me to be successful? Right. So just setting the stage like, hey, you're wanting me to do this. Are you thinking that I'm not being that way? Right. And so we can start having the conversation in, in that sense about what is success? How do you guys envision that? Am I getting the outcomes of what you think success should look like? And if so, then I would say it would be really helpful to communicate all the stuff that you did learn from parents that you are now implementing. So oftentimes how we talked about you know, parents will say, I hustled hard so you didn't have to, right? But from that, there's some good. And so saying, hey, I learned from you the value of hard work. I learned that to be successful, you've got to roll up your sleeves, that you've got to be dedicated, that you have to do X, you have to do Y. I'm applying those things in my profession now. So I might not be a doctor, but in sales, I am doing all of this. 
and it doesn't have the prestigious title, maybe that you want to say doctor or engineer or a lawyer, attorney or what have you. But I'm also providing a way for my family. I am building for my family the stuff that you gave me a head start on and I'm adding to that. And so I think it'll be hard for parents to really argue if you're getting the outcomes. The other part of this is that a lot of the context in which we're existing, our parents have no clue about. And sometimes they are stuck in 20 or 30 years ago in the context in which they were hustling. And so, you know, it really becomes burdensome. And I'm just going to say burdensome to try and communicate to them This is a completely different world. Like people don't want a job. People want to have a business. They want to be creative. There are so many ways for people to make money now. It's not just linear the way that when you came to the United States, it was. So give me a sense of how much context is necessary. And at what point do you just kind of go, they're just not going to get it? Mm -hmm. The word burdensome is such a nice way of saying it's exhausting. <laughs> it's it's really exhausting and frustrating to have to continue to try to convince somebody to understand something they are incapable of understanding. And so I think you've got to get to a place of recognizing I'm trying to understand it, but also the person doesn't have that level of knowledge or experience to be able to comprehend what it is. And that's not a dig on you know our parents for being I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to say a word out of touch, uh, but, but they're out of touch with like how the world operates now. Like you said, there's so many more ways to make money that the way that people are even addressing stuff is not to say, I'm going to be with a company for 30 plus years. And so the hustle mentality might not be that I've got to work 15 hours or 12 hour days. It's if I'm not being valued or appreciated, then I go somewhere where I am. And if there is an environment that's you know, appreciating or affirming who I am, then I'm going to create it for myself. Right. And I think you could, people are being successful at that. Parents don't understand that because they're saying the way to do it is how I did it because there's safety in that. And I think that's the, the real goal is to understand that what our parents are trying to do is make sure that we'll be taken care of. And so part of it is maybe speaking to that fear about, I know you worry about this and here's what I'm doing to address that fear. Then anything after that, if they still refuse to accept that you've done your due diligence to make sure that you've prepared yourself to weather the possible storms that might come your way, then, you know, you got to be comfortable in saying they won't get it. And I just got to continue to be successful and hopefully they'll see it. I like your optimism. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, like you can't live your life for other people. I'm a firm believer in that, that like I shouldn't have to suffer for other people to be happy or I shouldn't have to be miserable for other people to be okay. Right. So this is the thing that I was going to say, that a lot of the times our success has to also function as a reflection of their success as parents. And if our success is not easily translatable, they have a very difficult time appearing to be successful. So uh, riddle me that. See, that that is an example of where we take on our parents' wishes for their own validation. I think being a parent, you don't really get to know if you've done a good job till way later in life, right? Like, so it's a super long delayed gratification. And so like what parents are trying to do is they're trying to find ways to assess whether they're doing good or not. And the easiest way is to say, hey, my kid's a doctor, you know, my kid's an engineer, because 
for parents, it's like easy to say, my, my kid did this. I did a good job. And I think that if we allow that to happen or we accept that and we try to become for them what they need to be able to know they did a good job, we put ourselves in a, in a kind of bind to, to maybe not live to our full potential or to kind of sacrifice things that we want, which is unfortunate because, you know, I mean, we don't know how many days we have on, on this rock and it's important to maximize or enjoy the value of all of it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I had fun. All right, let's recap what we learned from Stevan. First, self-assess. Take an objective look at your goals and decide if your strategy is working for you. Establishing your own definition of success will give you the confidence to engage in conversations without feeling judged and getting defensive. Ask clarifying questions. Dig a little deeper and encourage your loved ones to see how your desired outcomes and what they envisioned for you are not necessarily that far apart. And remember, provide context. In terms of work, culture, career, and business, the world you're operating in is probably really different from the one your parents knew when they came to the country. Point this out lovingly and show them how the lessons you learned from them are helping you succeed on your own terms. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything is an original production of Lantigua Williams & Co. Virginia Lora is the show's producer. Kojin Tashiro is our mixer. Manuela Bedoya is our social media editor. Cedric Wilson is our lead producer. Jen Chien is our executive editor. I'm the creator, Juleika Lantigua Williams. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Mommy Papi. Please follow us and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, Good Pods, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Bye, everybody. Same place next week.